Testing. Stand and please say these prayers. Okay. Now, Father, and Hail Mary, and the glory be. In the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed fruit thou in Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven. In the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Um, first of all, know that you are all loved explosively by God. Okay? St. Faustina, her lips were moving. She was saying the rosary with us. St. Faustina, okay? Um, the Lord wants me <clears throat> to share about his coming. And he's saying, I'm gonna be, he speaks to my heart like I'm talking to you. So if you, if you see me silently, it's because I'm, the first thing he said, tell them to prepare. Okay? To prepare for purification of the world that our world has not known. Okay? There will be many, the purification it's going to be very strong. It's like going to be like an atomic bomb of love that will explode in the world. Jesus is putting, I don't want to keep saying Jesus is putting it. Trust me, I just repeat what he says. I call myself jokingly with him that I'm God's microphone. So first thing he's saying is to prepare yourself. And he says, do not be afraid. I'm with you. I am with you, he says, but you must prepare. How do we prepare? By looking into our heart and being very sincere to God and allow him to change us, to transform us, to make us one with him. One of the things years ago, Jesus said to me that my brother, myself, my brother's father, Philip Scott, is a priest like me. He will be here, God willing, next year, we will, okay? And he said, he, he said, you and your brother are among my closest friends. But he said, well, that made, brought me great joy. It was an explosive joy. But then he said, but I have so few friends. What does it be, mean to be a best friend of Jesus? He's saying, you must give yourself totally to me. Allow me to do with you what I wish, what I desire, because it is my will. And he says in, in, that, is the closest, that, that is the fastest way to get to heaven. Give him free reign. 
I've, I've had two visions in my life when I wake up in the morning. Okay? I, I tell people jokingly that it takes me a, a whole year to wake up for one day. Okay? <laughs> I had a dream, and I, I'm sorry, it wasn't a dream, it was a vision as I woke up, and he was driving a car. He was at the wheel of the car driving, but I was in the back seat. So in other words, we, want, we must desire from the depths of our, his heart, of our heart to never, never, never deny him anything. Because the purification that's going to come is necessary. And he says to me right now, so many souls are hurt. Are hurt are, so many souls are condemned to hell. They condemn themselves to hell. So many souls are lost. And he says that, that causes me unexplainable infinite uh, pain in his heart. So th this purification that will come is already beginning. And he says right now to me, it is only the beginning is necessary. He says, you should not be afraid. I am with you. So when the darkness of the world becomes darker, know that I am with you. Know that I am with you. He says, tell my children that they must prepare. And I say, okay, Lord, how do we prepare? First of all, he says, give me your heart. Give it to me, but do not take it back. Second of all, Jesus said to me one time, he said, I, I, there's something that's going to happen in my life in the future. He said, Jesus, I don't want that. And he said, never deny me anything. That's how we become his best friend. I have friends, close friends, okay? In Peru, for example, I'm the spiritual director of the, of the husband, the wife, and the daughter. These people, I mean, when I get there, it's like they treat me like Jesus himself has arrived. And then they give me whatever I want. Like for lunch, they give me whatever I want. Okay? That's how we must be with Jesus. We must give him whatever he wants of us. Okay? He says, you must prepare by going to confession frequently. Tell them, he says, tell them every week. Because you do not know the time or the day that I will come. Then he says, after frequent confession, what else, Lord? He says, you must pray more. There are people here, he says, who pray, have a, a life of deep prayer. But he says, those are few. They must give, pray, and ask me for the gift of prayer, of contemplation. Which means that if he asks us more time to pray, he wants us to pray more, and we, and we dedicate to more time to prayer, means we have to stop doing many things. Less time, less time on the cell phone, less time on the internet, and that. He said, I am a jealous God. I know what you need. You need me. He said to me, you need him. You need me to possess your heart. Because only in that way will you do fulfill my will. You should not be afraid of anything. He says, I am God. And he, he's saying, not even a leaf from a tree falls without his consent. But you must pr pray you must prepare 
by prayer, by weekly confession, and also by loving more. Ask me for my heart. And I will ask him to put his heart into your heart. Because that is the closest way to heaven. If you have no love, you have nothing. He says he wants me to tell you how I used to be. Okay? He says, <laughs> I'm laughing because he's making me laugh. I'm sorry. He's saying, he's saying to me, you were a stubborn mule. You, you were very impatient. You, were, you thought that you were in control. But now you know that you are nothing. But that nothingness is great in my eyes. Another way to prepare is by forgiving. Forgiving our neighbor, forgiving everyone. Pray for your enemies. Offer masses for them. Have masses said for them. And allow me to, to, to allow, allow me to transform your heart and to bring about in your life a revolution of love. A revolution of love. Those who are not close to me, I'm, I'm talking about him. He says, those who are not close to me will suffer much in the purification. Many will be lost because they have not given their hearts to me. And when times of trial come, he says, some, he says, many will be lost. So we cannot control how people behave. We cannot control that. We have no control. But we can, the best way of purification is saying to Jesus, from the depths of your heart, Jesus changed everything in me that needs to be changed. Everything. The greatest obstacle to me, to Jesus, he says, okay, is pride. The sin of pride. Pride kills the soul. Unforgiveness kills the soul. Thinking that one is in control of their lives kills the soul. It, it, it evaporates my grace. Here we have a beautiful nun in front of me, okay? And I'm sure, okay? But when I, was, I, I moved to the United States when I was five and a half years old, my, my brother and I, the youngest of seven children. And I remember the, the nuns in Peru, where my sisters went to school, they were so kind, okay? Same with the priests of our parish you could tell they were in love with God. And I knew it. I, I knew it as a child, but, okay? But when I moved to the United States, the nuns that I saw in the parish left a lot to desire. They were always, they seemed very serious. They seemed very unhappy. And they would, they would be very harsh. I was afraid of them. Seriously, okay? So God doesn't want from us to people to be afraid of us. He says, if you allow me to change your heart, I promise you will be happier, you will have much more peace, you will have much more joy, and you will be totally mine. Okay? I want my children to go to those who have hurt them, 
if it is possible to meet with them and tell them that you forgive them. Pray for that reconciliation. Okay? Years ago, when I was a parish in the United States, my last parish, there was a woman from Mexico that when I first arrived in the parish, she was very, how do you say, she sought me out. She had just found out that her daughter had been sexually abused. So I, I offered my, you know, her to come for counseling and that. So at first, you know, at first in the very beginning, she was close, very close to me in the parish. But later, later, she started to try to manipulate people and I found out about it. And, I, and unfortunately, at that time, she thought she was right. You, I mean, she would go to my pastor, who's deceased now, and would tell about, complain to him about me, and oh, you know, and another nun. There were these nuns. Oh my gosh, they hated me because you know, faithful to the church. I don't believe in women's ordination. I don't, you know, all of that. I'm not. A f I think women are the same like men. They should be paid the same as men. But I'm not a feminist. Okay? I think a woman should be very ladylike. Okay? He says, pray. He's saying now, pray to be a son and daughter of God. Allow me to fill your hearts with an overflowing love. That will be the best way to prepare for what is coming. Many, when they see their lives, how they have dealt with God, will die of heart attacks, to collapse. They will not take the truth. They, it will be too difficult to embrace. But you must not be afraid of my truth, he says. Okay? The truth of who he is as God and, who are, and, and we as his children. Okay? I want you now, he says, to promise me to be your best friend. Don't be afraid to be a, my best friend, he says. My best friends, he says, are rewarded here on earth, in this life, and in eternity. I want my children to be humble. Beg me for the, the, the grace of a humble heart. Beg me for that. Implore me, because when you just say it, give me a humble heart, often you don't mean with your heart what your lips are expressing. He says, there's no time to play games, he says. There's no time to play games. All of you were created in my image and likeness and are called to holiness. Never forget, never forget that all of us, all of you were created for heaven. So you should live each day as if today were the last day. If you argue with someone at home, your husband, your children, put the situation in my hands and I will bring a solution to it. But he says, do not, do not hold grudges. Do not hold grudges. Forgive, forgive, Forgive. Love, love, love. If you love me with all your heart, 
I will give you the grace to transform your hearts, to heal your families, to heal your marriages. But I cannot impose myself on you. I can only invite you, he says. So please, I'm I beg you, I'm inviting each of you to allow me to become your best friend. Do not be afraid to allow me to guide you. Because it is my way is the best way, he says. It is a narrow path to heaven. And if you give me permission to be your best friend, we will talk. We will cry together. We will laugh together. But my communication with you will always be sincere. So when I ask you to give me permission to change your hearts, do not be afraid of that. I need you to be prepared because I want each of you in heaven. I want you in heaven. Pray for the gift to see your souls as I see them. Pray for the gift to see your defects as I see them. Pray for the gift to have a, a loving and merciful and humble heart. You must want that. Know that you need that. My instrument had a bad temper. At times I was very in pain. <laughs> he says, no, repeat this me, after me, okay? He says, he was very impatient with his brothers. And he made them suffer. In a way that would tear their hearts down. When he was upset, he would have a very serious face. And his brothers were afraid of him. Now, he says, his community is a gold mine of love. My instrument's heart is huge because his heart belongs to me. I want you also to reconcile yourselves with those closest to you in your life. Even if it was their fault, tell them to forgive you. This woman that I was talking about a few minutes ago, when she realized that I was not going to, you know, cave in to her manipulations, I left Peru, I left the United States. It was never a reconciliation with her. But years ago, I had a, a mass and healing service at the parish where she works. And what happened was, this woman had never said, I'm sorry. Okay? So remember, I saw her at the, I, I saw her at the, at the parish, and... But she said, oh, Father, this is before the reconciliation. She said, oh, Father, I didn't know you were here. I said, how can you forget? How could you miss his body, you know, and with a habit? I'm... But then when the healing service started, I had this incredible need to reconcile myself with her. Incredible. It's like it's now or never. So I remember I went like this to her, and poor thing, she must have thought I was on a after she came to me, I was going to strangle her. No, I didn't do that. And I said to her, and this is an example with people who have hurt you. Let's say they haven't apologized. 
I said, this is what God put in my heart. I said, I want to beg your forgiveness for the times that I was not the spiritual father that you needed. She started to sob. And she said, Father, I'm the one who has to ask your forgiveness. And I remember we hugged. We were both crying. I was crying of joy. I'm sure she was crying of joy too. So now when I see her, I have no ill feelings. I feel God's explosive love for her. So with those that you have not reconciled with, go to them and tell them that, to forgive you for any way that you have not been there for them or not been the person that God wants you to be with them. Even if you know it's their fault, trust me, that will break barriers. That will tear down, tear down barriers. Also tell my children that to prepare for heaven means to learn to live as a son and daughter of God. You are all my little ones. You are all my little ones. You are precious to me, he says. Precious to my heart, and I carry each of you in your heart. But I ask you to allow me, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you. Let me transform your heart. Let me transform your heart. If you have had a life of much pain and sorrow, and there are people here who have had lives of much pain and sorrow, give me your heart, and I promise to make it whole. I promise to heal it. I never break my promises. Never. And please don't think that I don't know how much you have suffered. There are some here who need to confess sins that they have never sinned, that they have never confessed. When you went to confession, at times you were ashamed to confess some sins. So when the priest absolved you, gave you the prayer of absolution, you didn't receive in my eyes, in his eyes, his absolution of your sins. So you're still carrying those sins. And they have caused tremendous danger, tremendous damage to your relationship with me. Because some of you have an artificial relationship with me. It is not a relationship that is based on truth. You think I am dumb. I know you like you know no one, like no one knows you. Please go to confession and confess those sins that have greatly hurt you and have brought much sorrow to my heart. Tell my children to not be afraid to go to confession. It is necessary to go to confession because it brings, not only are your sins forgiven when you make an honest confession, but your soul is healed. And much of your pain in your lives was caused by yourselves because you didn't make good choices. But if you allow me to be close to you, if you allow me to walk with you, he says, I will take care of everything. I will make all things well again. Pray for the gift to have a childlike spirituality. Pray for the grace to be childlike. To be childlike does not mean to be childish. Okay? I do not want you to be stubborn brats. I want you to be my children and to 
correspond to me, talk to me as my father. He says, tell me them also to pray for the gift of purity. The sin of impurity. For example, pornography. Destroys the soul. Destroys the relationship that I want to have with each and every one of you. Please do not look at pornography. Some of you here do. I beg you to stop. I beg you to stop. If you knew how much pain that caused me, you would not stop crying, he says. I beg you to stop. I beg you to stop quarreling with those in your family, with your husband, your wife, your children. You were called in the vocation of marriage to love, to love each other like I love them. You must pray for that grace to allow me to fill your hearts with my love. I also want you to go to Mass more often. If you can go daily, I'm waiting for you with open arms. The few times that I've seen Jesus, so I ask him, I always say, I say, do you give me permission to share this? He says, he says now he says you have my permission. Okay? So on several occasions, I've seen him walk through the wall, come through the wall. Okay? I mean, I don't think that there's damage to the wall. Okay? So when he comes in, obviously it's not like he's not walking by, he's just there. I see him coming through the wall. And he hugs and embraces the people. He goes like this, and he just holds them. And he kisses their forehead, but he doesn't stop holding them. He says, some of you will experience that grace today. When I hug, I never hold back my love, he says. One day, I remember I was saying to Jesus, we have a saying in, Sp in Spanish, if you see me, uh, be quiet, I say, can I share this? And he says, okay, Let's go ahead. Okay? So, um, we have a saying in Spanish, like when I used to have a crush on a girl, they used, we say in Spanish, my brother, this is my twin brother, you know, when we, were, we were like teenagers, and I was always, like, I was very bashful. And I never shared, like, if I, I liked a girl. I mean, I may have shared it with my twin brother. But I did I was, because I didn't want to be laughed at or whatever. So we were at dinner, and my brother said, I have an announcement to make. Richard, that's my baptismal name, Richard, okay, has a crush on a girl. <laughs> and I would get all red. I felt like the, the entire world was looking at me. And he says he likes this girl so much, he's probably drooling over her. Do you say that here in Trinidad or not? Okay. So one day, going back to the Lord, I had finished purifying the vessels. And I said to him, Jesus, I know that you drool for us out of love. Because my brother used to say, joking, you drool so much over this girl, you're going to need a bib. So I said to Jesus, I said, Jesus, 
if you had to wear a bib to express how much you love us, what would be the size of the, of the, the bib? Jesus is tall. He's, he's like a meter. Do you use meters here? Yeah, like a meter 80. No, more. 80, close to a meter 90. Okay? So he's tall. He's muscular. I mean, he's not, I don't think he's a you know, weightlifter or anything like that. But, but he, you can tell when you see him that he has worked. Okay? And I remember that um, I said to Jesus, here I am after, you know, when a priest purifies the vessels, he's, there's a, the prayers that priests say at Mass that are silent. Okay? And I remember I said to Jesus, <laughs> this is the kind of talk that I have with him, I said, Jesus, how big would, would be your, your bib? Would it be the size of your body, of your height? He said, no, little one. The size of the bib of the, that I would wear is the size of the universe. That's how much he loves us. And he says, I do not want any of you to be lost. I've died for you. I suffered for you. I cried over you. Please, I beg you. I beg you to take seriously my commandments. My commandments are not suggestions. They are the path to heaven. Tell my children, he says, to ask my mother to show you the state of your soul. Beg me to show you the sins that have not been confessed purposely. He said, some of you in confession held back sins because you were afraid of the priest. Or you were afraid of that priest, what would he think of you? That doesn't matter, he says. What people think of you does not matter. Do not give importance to it. The only thing that matters is what I think of you, he says. That alone suffices. The rest is meaningless. Some of you, he says, try to uh, win people's hearts over to you. Try to impress people. But it's not authentic. It's not real. So let's say if you see someone that you've had differences, and you don't think highly of them, beg me for the grace to see them as I see them. And then, be sincere with them. Always tell the truth. Do not lie. Do not live a lie. To, to live a life of truth means to be authentic, sincere with everyone. That will make me, it will make it more possible for me to work in your heart. Do not lie. Pray for the grace to not exaggerate. Pray for the grace to not want to impress people. There is all the ways of the world, he says. And it is, you cannot be fake Catholics. You must be like I am, truthful. Truthful. In other words, he's talking about himself. It's like, I'm not, I promise you, I'm not telling you be like me. None of you want to be like me. Okay? 
But I mean seriously, he's saying, I'm just, he's talking now. He's okay, he's talking to you. Okay? Some of you been, have been hurt very badly at a very young age. Some of you suffered sexual abuse. Some of you suffered physical abuse. Some of you suffered emotional abuse. Give me your pain. Give me permission to allow you to, to allow me to transform your hearts into buckets of love. I want you also to pray for the gift of a deep spiritual life. I want you to become enamored with me in the Eucharist. Allow me to show you how much I love you. You are all precious to me. So, so precious. Never forget that. The love that I have for you is so great that only a loving God can give you. Do not become attached to people. That doesn't mean women, the women, I'm sure there are, some of you are married. Say, okay, the Lord doesn't want me to be attached to my husband, so I'll just leave him. No, that's not what he means. In other words, sometimes because of our brokenness, and I had this in my life, we attach ourselves to people. What they think of us means everything to us. And if they are unkind to us, it destroys us, it tears us down. Why would you seek a human love if you first do not seek my love. My love is perfect. My love is infinite. My love is unconditional. I who am love am always there for you. He says, tell them to ask for the gift to be very close to Our Lady, to pray often to her. Not just ros uh, rosaries. That's important. The rosaries are a very important tool. It's a very, okay, I heard this in Mexico. Jesus told me. Now I can't find my rosary. I know it's here. See, this is the first time. One day I was talking to a friend in, in, in Peru. And I was saying, I was on the cell phone talking to her. I said, Vivian, I don't know where my cell phone is. <laughs> I said, I don't know where my cell phone is. I think I've lost it. And I was, she said, <laughs> and she said, Father, don't you, <laughs> don't you have it in your hand? That's a real me. Okay. Anyway. Jesus, he told me in Mexico the following. He said, this is the greatest um, how do you say, um, like shield. This is the strongest shield that my Heavenly Father has given the church against the devil. He said, every, he said tell, share this with people. He said, every time you say one Hail Mary... You are throwing a bomb to, at the devil. So here, we must say the rosary often, daily, because you need my mother's protection, he says. And ask my mother to wrap you in her motherly mantle. Ask her to cuddle you. Be very close to her. She will teach you how to love me. She will teach you how to forgive. She will teach you to be humble. Give me permission to transform your hearts.
allow me to take away from your hearts the thorns of suffering. And I will transform those thorns to bundles of love and sweetness. The sweetness that I want to share with you is so sweet that everything that is sweet here on earth in your life is truly unsweetened. I do not want you to be heart of heart. You must allow me to sweeten your lives. And I asked him, how, how, do, how do we allow you to sweeten our lives? He said, spend time with me before the Eucharist where I wait for you. I wait for you with open arms. But spend time with me. I love to be in company with my best friends, he says. I want each and every one of you to be my best friend. Please, let me be your best friend. When you are crying, when you are suffering, let me wipe your tears. Let me console your hearts. My instrument in life, in his life, suffered much. There were times for years that he did not feel loved. And he would ask me, will I ever feel loved? I have, <laughs> I have filled his heart with such love that in his memory of his heart, he does not remember how to feel unloved. Tell them to give me permission to share my infinite love with them. Beg me to invade you. Beg me to invade you. Beg me to invade you. I promise when you feel the love that I have for you, it will transform your love, your lives. Your lives will never, never, never be the same. He said to me, some of you have taken drugs in your life. That not only affects the body, but especially the heart and the soul. If you know people who abuse drugs, pray for them. Have masses said for them. Talk to them. But when you talk to them, beg me for the grace to speak through you. They will not listen to you. You are only human. But I am God, he says. And I promise to set those that you know who are addicted to drugs or any other addiction free. He says, I have surprises for you. I love to give surprises to my children. You see my children in my eyes, all of you are like little infants. What loving father does not want to give surprises to the children? But the surprises that I want to give you are for eternity. Allow me to give you surprises. Be generous with the poor. 
Some of you have not spent well the resources that I've given you. Some of you are addicted to shopping. Some of you have so much clothes that you never use it. It just sits in your closets. But all of that has impoverished your souls. Some of you are wealthy, but very poor in my eyes. Give me permission to give you a generous heart. I'm in an, I am in every poor person. So learn to give more to the poor. If you give me permission, I will put in your heart a generous, generous, generous heart. A heart that is de detached from the world, from materialism, from yourselves. When you feel the inclination to help the poor, do not give them what you would want to give them. Ask me to show you what, how much to, sh to give. So I asked him, can I share this? I said, he said, yes, okay. Sometimes with some people, I, you know, in Lima, there's, it's not hard to find a poor person, okay? So many times when, he, when I feel this inclination to give, I have a, he shows me a vision. He has his, my wallet in his hands. He opens it up and he takes out the bill. And I know that it means give it, give it away. So he says, pray for that gift. The more generous you are with my little ones, the poor, the more generous I will be with you. He wants me to share with you something, okay? I'm asking him, what do you want me to share? His concept of generosity is much greater than ours. One time, we lived totally on divine providence. That's why I brought some images, uh, laminated images of Our Lady. Okay? I encourage you to purchase them okay? because you'll experience tremendous graces. I've, tre I've experienced tremendous graces in that picture of Our Lady. Okay? It took four months to paint. I wasn't the painter, by the way. A friend of a friend of my brother's painted that. It took him four months to paint. Anyway, one day, it was my anniversary of my ordination, the 21st of May, and someone, I was revesting, I was putting my habit on, and I heard someone knock at the door, and it was a friend of mine. She's a benefactor. She said, Father, this is for you. So she gives me this envelope with dollars. She said, it is so many dollars. It is for you. Oh, I said, oh, thank you. And I was inside. But I knew that the minute I touched the envelope, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for the community. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So, and I was, I kept, when she left the sacristy, I was there. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. And Jesus just waited for me to stop playing games with him. <laughs> he said, do you love me? So this was my response. It took me a day. 
I only really gave it up the next day. So I, this was my answer to him. You said, you know you love me. I'm not kidding you. I, I said it so quietly and silently because I did not want to give up that amount of money. But I knew exactly it was for a family whose father was in the, in the hospital. So I kept saying, oh, Jesus, thank you, thank you. And I didn't feel peace. I did not feel peace. <laughs> if I was thinking to himself, when are you going to realize that this isn't for you? So, I, and I, I was still unwilling to give it up. So I remember by myself, I would say, Jesus, thank you. But it was like, it's like if I was thanking you, thank you for my, the trip that you, all of you are giving me for the Holy Land or something like that. None of you have offered that, okay? I was just like playing games, okay? So I remember the next day, and Jesus, you know, Jesus is, once he's very sweet, but boy, is he honest. When he wants you to do something, believe me, he will not let go of it. So I remember I woke up to go to the pray in the early, very early in the morning, and I feel him standing there in my room. And I, it was so strong. And he, and he said, little one, do you love me? I said, okay, Lord, okay, Lord. You want me to give the money away? Okay. <laughs> but then I said, I was still stubborn. I said, what amount do you want me to give? Half of it? <laughs> no, the reason I'm sharing this is because obviously I'm just as human as you are. Seriously. And we live totally on divine providence. It's not like we're, you know, laying on a bed of, of gold. So I remember I said, half of it? He said, no, not half of it. He said, todo, all, everything, all. So, but I was still stubborn because when I got to the, the, the oratory where the Eucharist is, I said, Jesus, please confirm this with the scripture passage. <laughs> and he said, I was hungry and you were, and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. It was in Spanish. I said, okay, I was crying. Okay, Jesus, okay, Jesus. I, I, I gave it away, Okay. But it wasn't easy. You see, my sisters and brothers, none of us really like change. We really don't like change. We really not, not, do not enjoy or go easily when God wants to change us. Because when we are generous with him, with the poor, with our, with our means, Jesus enlarges our heart. And he's saying to us, I want your hearts to be huge. Much bigger than your body. Much bigger than your body. Because if you give me permission to take possession of your heart and of your, the, the, the means that you have, your heart will grow. And it will become, in a, in a human way, he says, like mine. Obviously, none of us have the heart of Jesus, it's not, I mean, he's God, it's infinite. But he says, I want to make your hearts like mine. Gentle, humble, and generous. Gentle, humble, and generous. You must not put yourselves first in my, your life. You must put me first in your life. I need to be first in your life. You need me to be first in your life. 
Because it is only in that way that you will learn to walk in my shoes. I want you to be generous. You need to be generous. Okay, he's telling me something else he wants me to share. Oh, I should finish now, right? Okay. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and never shall be. What was that anyway? No, Mona told me, yes, she doesn't lie. She doesn't lie. Mona's a gem. She's an angel. But she, this conference, like you say in English, the show must go on. Thank you. God bless you. Please pray for me. Ah. Oh, no, it's not. Huh?